Warning, this episode of the Rereading Wolf podcast has suspiciously little wolf content. I was about to say that it's our first truly self-indulgent episode where we talk way more about ourselves than wolf, but truthfully, this whole enterprise of spending two plus hours on five page chapters, it's kind of self-indulgent from the beginning. But anyway, if you could care less about us, please skip this episode. Or at least you could skip to the last 10 or so minutes, because there we talk about some possible plans for a wolf con. I respect your time enough to be upfront that this one is a serious tangent. Otherwise, this episode's just me and James rambling a bit about a momentous moment in our lives in which we meet face-to-face for the very first time after corresponding and recording with each other in one way or another for a couple decades. Our excuse for that was Capricorn, which is a Chicago sci-fi fantasy con that's been going on for over 40 years. And even though there was nothing remotely wolf-related going on this time, we thought it'd be a good excuse to hang out. So here's the thing. We recorded twice over a couple days that we were there. And as I sat down to edit this, I realized that everything we recorded on the first day was unusable because I must have jiggled some cord the wrong way or something. Um, It was all a very haphazard, on-the-go mic setup. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to listen to half an hour of this. So someone asked on Facebook, were there any surprises? I'll say, you called Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) To be truthful, you didn't miss very much. We kind of complained about how small Capricorn was and how much got canceled at the last minute, because most of the guests of honor couldn't come, like, Cat uh, Valente and John Scalzi, who are supposed to be there, and some others, talked about how Austin was frozen over, so James had to come a day late, which means we did miss some stuff. How, unfortunately, no one ever asked us about our Rereading Wolf stickers that we put on our name badges, and how it seemed that the only noticeable cosplaying around was pretty super niche, like a bunch of folk dressed in fake Space Navy uniforms based on David Weber's Honorverse books, which I have not read. I know I asked James if he had, and I suddenly forgot if he said yes. Um, Oh, and the other thing was that I mentioned I got him Chicago deep dish from Giordano's for dinner. And if you're a big, like, Lou Malnati's fan or Pizzeria Uno fan or some other place, please send hate mail to rereadingwolf at gmail.com so we can have that argument in private and save all the non-Chicago folk. So, But luckily, our longer talk on the second day was good, so here it is. I promise we'll get back to actual wolf content in the next episode. Hey, Craig. We are day two. We, we, we figure we have to report on something. I mean, we're here. We're actually sitting again in the same room, so we have to... I, I, we should admit, right from the beginning, there was not much wolf content here at this conference, which was a massive failing on their part. Um, and so if they had considered at least, I don't know, we could have had seven our or eight, seven or eight wolf-based panels, it would yeah. have been much better, but... Okay. Well, if they just had ours, just think of all the people who would have shown up. That's for, right. Yeah. That's right. But we, I think we've agreed that, prob- that we it are. It might well have been just us and Gary K. Wolf. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think we agreed that we, we, we work to do something. So we'll try to figure out a place, either in Texas or around here, where, we'll, where we can we're take looking at cons. and seed a con with a little wolf con. That's right. A little mini wolf con in there. And if if other folk want to come, like, and the nice thing is Austin and Chicago are both airline hubs. That's true. Right? Yeah. Because they are Southwest. Are they yeah. a Southwest hub? Oh, yeah. Austin? Okay. Yep. So, I know Love Field. I just couldn't remember if Austin was too. But, yeah. So, but we, you can, you can get to one of those. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can piggyback on something else. Because that might be a bigger draw for more people if we're like, you can also go talk about other things other than Gene <laughs> Wolf, And that might be fun. Anyway, yeah, I think we'll, we'll try to do that. But. 
Otherwise, the only other sort of bit of news I think that we could say directly came out of this was you did get to talk to Gary K. Wolf, who folk may know from uh, Locus. Locus. He's done book reviews forever. He's also Food Street Podcast. Yep, with Jonathan Strayan. Um, and but he agreed to come talk about Wolf sometime with us, which was really cool. And so we'll we'll do that. And um, who knows, maybe one day. Maybe one day we could be on the Cood Street podcast. Maybe so. <laughs> if he ever wants to stop talking to writers and start talking about podcasts. Talk people, about people who talk about talk writers. Talk about writers, exactly. But otherwise, we went to a few panels. Um, I told you I wandered around a little bit last night because Capricorn, like if you look online, Capricorn has a whole lot of things about how they do parties every night. Mm. And they even do like a contest to see which were the best parties that served the best drinks. And I went up to one floor and there were a couple rooms that had open doors, but they were all very quiet. They had a couple people in there. And I don't know, maybe I should have waited till like one or two in the morning. I'm going to say that at this particular Capricorn, I don't know what it's usually like, but this one, I would say the median age is probably about 10 years older than me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes there there were and and no no shade throwing to anyone but i have seen a few walkers yeah uh, like being used so um you know i will probably be there i'm not saying anything bad about it but yeah it is it has definitely shown the older thing which i i don't know is that we like we were just talking about the sort of old covid weirdness i don't know if that's surprising i think that, yeah well it it ought to be surprised. Yeah. It ought to be the opposite, right? You'd think, yeah. But when you're of a diff- different generation, the idea of actually staying home away from stuff you want to do. Yeah. I mean, look, let me t- tell you from, from the older age, we don't have that much longer. And we have to, you know, <laughs> we, we want to live in, in whatever's left. left. So we're going to take those risks. <laughs> Obviously, that has been true. Yeah. So I don't know, and I did. I read something the other day about how, like, con culture is really something from, like, it's an older generations thing. That and could be. That, I mean, there are definitely a few people running around here in costumes and doing little things in younger groups. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I but the thing that I read talked about how con attendance is primarily now people like forties and up. Like, really, that, that makes up a whole lot more than. The young, the younger, well, even crowd. the big ones and stuff like That's that. That's what it said. Now, I don't think that counted like Comic Con and those kinds of things, but. Um and maybe that's the thing. Maybe Comic Con uh, is just yeah. a much bigger spectacle, and so it could still have it could still skew, you yeah, know, much older than that. Yeah, there was even there was you know, I saw there was one panel, one on the other days talking about like if you are a con organizer or work with con organizations, like how to get more people to come. Like that was the. The well, I would imagine that would be everybody. If you're not, yeah. unless you're, you're Comic Con, that's probably what they're all thinking about. Yeah. So anyway, but that's that's kind of sad. I remember. I mean, growing up, I didn't go to as many sci-fi general cons like this. I went to a lot of the gaming cons in mm-hmm. Dallas, and those were. I mean, there's always tons of kids there, but but that's that's a very different experience. Well, yeah, that is true. So, when my kids were little, they would go to these like anime cons, yeah. and that's. That, yeah, the, the median age for that is around 15. Yeah. And. Yeah. So, but otherwise, let's see, what do we do? This morning we went to a Tolkien, an Influences on Tolkien panel. And there was some some interesting stuff there. I don't think. There, there weren't any surprises. No, I didn't learn anything particularly new. Um, I did recommend the uh, the Tales by Tolkien uh, anthology, and I can recommend that still. That's, yeah. that's a very good anthology. Yeah, they should have brought that up earlier. 
after you mentioned that, I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. I didn't <laughs> that would have been good. Because they were really trying to focus on, like, other fantasy writers from late Before. 19th, early mm-hmm. 20th century right. who were doing it. Um, I had forgotten about Haggard and that he, that Tolkien yeah. actually oh, he did. did. He and C.S. Lewis loved Haggard. I had forgotten about that because I always still, even to this day, I still think of Haggard as just she. Like, that's that's what I remember. Well, that, and that's, I know that's, that's the one they always talk about as well. They, they were crazy about she. Yeah. But no, apparently... I had forgotten, and I've read those letters. <laughs> I should know. I, I, oh, well. but anyway, yeah. So you, you learned something you had forgotten every day. So that was kind of cool. Uh, we went to the, the, what was the other one? Um, the one uh, after the, that. Uh, was, the one we went. What did we go? We, oh, the weird bad movie. Weird bad movie. Yeah, that, that was that was okay. That was fun. I that was fun. heard about stuff I'd never heard before. That has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So like they really seemed. Um, there was a lot of talk about uh, Zardos. Well, that's got about... to be like the quintessential weird bad yeah, movie. Yeah, but so that that came up over and over and over again, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Uh, the, okay. my, but... my thought, was, yeah, as we talked, discussed on the way out, was I was I'm not really sure whether RoboCop Two is a bad movie <laughs> <laughs> because I like it so much, and, and yeah, I can recognize all of the things. Well, gosh, it goes on forever. Gosh, it like ends three times. Oh, and it's just weird and disjointed and yeah that's i think that's why i like it but i'm have to admit i know i saw it i'm trying to see if i still remember anything oh you gotta see it again it's great and i'm bad on movies i told you before i just don't watch as many movies oh yeah well robocop has one of my favorite lines that i use all the time i like it (laughs) (laughs) i think that was a meme too yeah i think i so that was fun. The best one that we went to was a panel about books you've never read or books no one's ever read. Yeah. Um, and it was great just, books you've never read. Yeah, which was really cool and was all about yeah, basically just Obscure. four people on the panel yeah. saying what some of their favorite stuff was. That I no was one hopeful ever that about. Gary K. Wolf would bring up Gene Wolf, but to be fair, <laughs> no, <laughs> he, I, he may not have been quite obscure enough. Yeah, I think Wolf was not. Obscure enough. He did mention Lafferty, which is the yeah. one name that I'm pretty sure most people listening to this have heard of before. Um, but he threw that out there, and it was cool because lots of people were like, "Huh, interesting. I don't yeah. know that person." He, so. Well, he's yeah, and he, he's people are talking about whether uh, Gene Wolfe is having a Gene-a-sance. Uh, there is a Lafferty-sance, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. So Catistic Press, and um, once more gets in print, like the best of Lafferty, that is going a big way, at least in terms of like new publishing, but mm-hmm. if they can get some of his other stuff. Well, I'm surprised that, um, oh shoot, the one about Thomas More, uh, the novel, that was reprinted so often. Past Master. Oh, Past Master, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if it's in print now, but it seems like that one could come back. But I, I don't know, his short stories are so much better, but they're also Stranger. So, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, that's the appeal, yeah. isn't it? But that was cool. Let's see. I'm trying to think of things that were there. There's a lot of stuff I hadn't heard of before, and then a lot of. They mentioned a lot of old space opera. Like there was yeah. a whole lot of, of older space opera that got mentioned. Well, if you're gonna, um, I mean, if you're gonna talk about, you know, science, and 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 it was to be fair, it's, it is science fiction fantasy. Mm-hmm. They, they're not just talking about, you know, old romance novels. Right. Right. So, and if you, yeah, it's gonna be space opera, and that. 
pretty much what it's all about when you get to a certain era? It seems like, yeah, because they had, like, let's see, Lee Brackett's Long... Oh, that's not one. Lee Brackett's Long Tomorrow, and that's not space opera, though. That's, like, a post-apocalyptic thing, which I know I've read but don't remember much about. Um, what were they? Oh, Out Past the Stars by... Is it KB Wagers? This is... I'm trying to read my horrible script here. So, um, and, oh, the, the, there's, a, there's an unreliable narrator where a guy is basing a story on his illegible handwriting. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, There's a lot of uh, of Caribbean uh, base. Yeah. Base. One of the guys on the panel, he is, he's an English professor at a little smaller school, which has a name I actually can't pronounce. Sean Duke. Sean Duke. There we go. Sean Duke from the University of, That's the th- of Bemidji. Bemidji. Bemidji, Bemidji State, State University. There we go. Uh, but he does a podcast with, uh, I believe he's Jamaican writer. By the way, the name of that podcast, which I couldn't remember when we were talking, is The Skiffy and Fanty Show. And the other host, uh, in addition to Sean Duke, is Brandon O'Brien, who's from Trinidad. And another cool thing I didn't realize was that Kate Sherrod, who is a listener to us and also goes by Asapego on Twitter, who, if you follow us, you've seen her chat with us. Every now and then, um, she was a host on that show for a little while, which was really cool. I had no idea. So if you're listening, hi, Kate. And uh, But he's taught a lot of that, too. And it looks like one of his books was uh, trying to sort of trace a lot of genre stuff mm-hmm. about that. So that was pretty interesting. But he had a lot of, of good suggestions there. Um, I even talked to him afterwards, and I was kind of like, yeah, it seems like there is a whole lot of now, like new Caribbean Things that are, are getting slightly more popular. And, like, I don't know. I mean, Karen Lord is one person who her, she and Nayla Hopkinson are two writers who I've, I've read a ton. I think I've read everything Karen Lord published. Wow. I think. Because um, she's only. I think it's time it's to only start like, the Karen Lord podcast. No, I, I mean, it's good. She's really good. Like, she's really. Th- I really like. I really like her stuff. Um, uh, in fact, her first book reminds me a lot of Lafferty because it's all kind of told in these sort of. It's like taking sort of Caribbean fairy tales and myths, mm-hmm. but sort of turning them into a novel and then having the novelist things happen uh-huh. in the same kind of logic as the things were. And it was really, really cool, really strange. But um, but that's why I read it. But then she's written some other stuff that's more one that's sort of space opera. Um, one book that reminded me a lot of um, in John Harrison's uh, Light series. Uh-huh. Light and, um, so kind of like sci-fi, but with a, a real sort of weird bent to it. He didn't necessarily have a good answer for why there was so much Caribbean stuff. Coming out. <laughs> so, but I just in vogue, everything. I mean, you know, there is definitely. It's like trying to explain the British invasion. So. I guess so. Yeah, but there's definitely. I mean, there is a. I mean, hell, I wore my shirt the other day for with all the sort of African and African American writers, sci-fi writers. Um, and then that there's there's a fad for that right now, which is good. I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, then some fantasy stuff I had never heard of, or at least don't think I've heard of, like this. Um, Bridge of Birds by a guy named uh, Barry Hugart, which one guy was saying was the, one of the best fantasy novels he'd ever read. And I looked it up, and it's a, it's the first of a trilogy about a fake China. It's like like an alternate. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. China, um, and yeah. so it's kind of cool. Like I had mentioned Ernest Brama earlier, who if you if you don't know Ernest Brama, writes these really really fun stories about a guy named Kai Lung. That one I really was the one thing that I really kind of want to look up just because it sounded so different. I mean, that one guy was super enthusiastic about it, but also, yeah, fantasy set and it's probably would get hankles up about cultural appropriation ishness. <laughs> just like yeah. Ernest Brama's stories are all 
they they have absolutely no connection to real China at all. But he sets things in China, and all the people speak in ways that are like, "Oh, the so honorable so and so, you were do this and." It, like Charlie Chan. Yeah, and, and it's on the one hand it's horrible, but at the same time it's they have these really really funny stories that are all these weird like comedies of manners, and it's all about how Kai Lung is this sort of loser guy who can cheat everybody out of whatever just by following the social codes and mores of his weird little China in like the <laughs> perfect ways. And anyway, they're really super entertaining. So now I want to read this Bridge of Birds, um, and oh, somebody brought up there's one called Firebreak by Nicole uh, Corner Stace, was her name, which, who said that it was, it's like Ready Player One, but good. But it's a, another kind of post-apocalyptic thing where the main character survives by playing video games <laughs> um, in some online world, which seemed kind of cool. Yeah, was that the one that uh, Gary K. Wolf said that was one of the best science? No, no, that's not true. That's not the one. So that looked interesting. Again, something I had never heard of before. Um, Oh, the other thing that sounded kind of cool that I'd never heard of was uh, from the author William Horwood, but it's a whole series about moles. Oh, yeah. Kind yeah. Of a, it's like a Redwall series, but it's about these, instead of mice or rats or whatever, they're moles. <laughs> and the, the first one's called Duncan Woods. Yeah. So, yeah, cool stuff. I'll, I'll type this list up and put it somewhere on Facebook or something just for the heck of it, just because... That way yeah. I'll have it in a place that I can actually <laughs> access it. remember. Well, Facebook is a bad place to put that kind of thing. Right. You might want to put it on your blog or yeah. or, or we can do we can do another public uh, public Patreon. Yeah. So, um, but that was fun. That one was good. It, I mean, it was totally just a panel of, you know, people throwing out their favorite stuff. And mm-hmm. then everybody gets a chance to go, I know that. And uh, yeah, yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, everybody everything they mentioned is somebody had heard of it, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, because they're all readers, and everyone, and the median age, as I said, is 65 right. so, <laughs> yep. or 70. Yep. Um, and it was that funny moment, too, where uh, Gary Kewell talked about a young, I forget who it was, but a very young writer who had just published something, and he was like, and she said her favorite author was George MacDonald. And I'm like, how did she know about George <laughs> MacDonald? She's so young. Um, yeah. I'm like, well, there's the internet. But... Um, <laughs> Gary K. Wolf may have read that book when it came out. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was but it was cool. I had to get a J. The one thing I had to say, I always tell people to read Michael Sisko, even though he's mm-hmm. incredibly strange. I, I, don't, that, I don't think that is have... not a downside no. for this audience. No, no, no. So, and I think the the I mean, Wolf certainly knew him, and the other guy knew that the Vandermeers had published him. So maybe maybe in this group, he's not lesser known but I just know I feel bad because his stuff goes out of print so quickly so and I uh, should mention uh, last night we we did see Ada Palmer mm-hmm yeah she was performing with her acapella group sassafras sassafras yeah yeah they do right now I don't know what else they do but they have a lot of Viking songs mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think Ada does has written most of them yep or or at least uh, a co-writing. I don't know what their process is. Yeah, she. In fact, she's while she was singing, it was a little trio. Um, that there's actually a whole group that uh, Sassafras has that they'll um, they'll travel. They've gone. They'll they'll do performances, and it's a lot of um, period esque music. Yeah. That a lot of like um, what's the what's the word poly polyphonic polyphonic. Yeah, a lot of polyphonic. Um, kinds of construction, so which I mean, not not everything is full on like Renaissance, true crazy, hard yeah. to listen to polyphony, but um, 
but yeah, so she has a whole, um, I don't know if one should call it an opera or a, it's a song series, but it's about, um, it's sort of all the Viking Like lore. a theme album. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> probably in the end of prog, like a prog rock epic, it's more about like polyphony. That's, that's probably what it is. But it goes through all the different songs. She even talked about how one of the last ones she sings, like, you know, has certain themes from the other songs that are in there. But it was cool. They did a little three-person performance for about an hour, um, and through masks. Yeah, which was to talk to her a little bit. Yeah, really cool. yeah. not that. Oh, yeah. I thought that uh, it, that she was going to collapse at some point because she's a, <laughs> she's really putting all the all of her lung power into these songs. Yeah. And she, uh, yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, and mask. you can actually listen to some of it. They have stuff on YouTube and online, and the the band has a little website. I guess I call it a band yeah. group. I don't know. Um, but I'll put some links on there just because that's really cool. But we did get to talk to her briefly afterward, uh, which was fun. And talked about how people responded to her interview. Her interview and how I know a few of you guys have told me that you bought the, the new Tour Essentials versions. Um, and I don't know if you told me you bought them specifically for her intros, but I told her that, and she seemed <laughs> she seemed very happy. So on the off chance, Ada, that you ever actually listen to this, no, people have told me that. That's absolutely true. Yeah, um, yeah she says she, she she's really gotten enjoyed uh, since that interview uh, and her introduction, connecting with Wolf readers and fans, and it's been, I guess, on the whole, very pleasurable. Yeah. So if she like she mentioned Twitter in particular, so if you're ever like responding to the Twitter account or something, she's definitely seeing that. So that's that's really cool. But no, she um, said she's been working on her new Viking series. So if you really like the Terragnota, which I did, then um, her series that's going to be sort of based on Norse mythology, uh, not not like a retelling of Norse mythology, but it's based in the Norse world. Um, that's what she's working on now. So not quite space opera utopia. It's yeah, yeah no, going in a different direction. She's moving into her Latro period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that no, we mentioned that. Didn't we yeah. joke about that, I think? Did, or did you just tell me? That? I may have. I can't remember. Mentioned that already yeah. while she was talking. We didn't say that to her face, but no. No. that is not a bad genre no. to move into, as far as I'm concerned. Not at all. But it's kind of fun because she, you see her in that context, and you realize that that she's kind of like the one of the true con-going fans. In addition yeah. to being a writer, I mean, she's a history history professor at University yeah. of Chicago. That is pretty much what some people who are history professors there, their entire focus is just to become a history professor at U <laughs> Chicago. But she's also writing these novels and performing this stuff and obviously going to cons and having fun, hanging out and doing filk yeah. stuff, basically. But she's definitely one of level. us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was really fun. That was cool. And to, again, I got to meet her in person once before, but just real briefly. So that was cool to actually have a, a few minutes to sit down and talk with her and be recognized by an award-winning and award-nominated <laughs> no, author we are. at a con. And we're like, ah, oh, you, you know, because we've been walking around with our little stickers on our name badges. Not nobody, working. <laughs> yeah, nobody else recognized it. So that's why we need you guys here. But, but she did. So that was cool. But yeah, that was good. And then we went down to the um, dealer shop and got some stuff. I picked up the one cool thing I found was I they had a one of the booksellers oh I forgot the name of the place but anyway they're from Minneapolis and he had some boxes of like five dollar books in the back and there were a bunch of Tom Dish things and there were two that I don't have that I picked up and when I bought them he was like oh you know what those were actually from Tom Dish's house yeah. and I was like whoa he said his brother had given him 
all of sort of Tom Dish's extra copies of these things. Um, and it's kind of sad. He was definitely in bad health towards the end of his life, and I know he'd kind of messed up a lot of relationships with other writers and in the community, mm. and it was kind of sad. I know this because Chip Delaney talks about it a lot on Facebook, because they had been really, really good friends. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I now have two books by Tom Dish that Tom Dish actually had for a while. And, and he, they were in his house. They were at least sitting in boxes in his house. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And then, let's see, what else? We'll just go through. What do we got? Oh, we both got, okay. Shelf Life. That is, I've been looking for that anthology. And that's, that's it's out of print. And, but they were for $5. So that, that's great. And um, there is a, there's actually a, a scene that where someone is it puts a book in the window of a bookstore for, in, in the Gene Wolfe story uh, from the cradle uh, where G, Gene Wolfe has confirmed, uh, I think both uh, Michael Andre Gerisi and Neil Gaiman have both uh, confirmed that that book that he puts in the window, the little brown covered book, is the book of the new sun. Sweet. Very cool. So... Um... But yeah, this is a cool little thing. Like I, I remember having seen it before and thought I needed to get it, not just because it had Wolf in it, but it has a lot of really good stories, and they're all about books. Yeah. Uh, so we've got let's see, just to sort of let's see, Gaiman did the intro, but then just a people you may well know: Ramsey Campbell, Charles Delint, Lisa Morton, Jack Williamson, David Bischoff, Harlan Ellison has a piece at the end, and then other people who. I don't recognize the other names. In there. Well, you might have recognized John J. Miller. He does the Great Books podcast, which, had recently, oh, which right. only recently has interviewed uh, Ada Palmer. So. Very cool. About Gene Wolfe. Oh, he's that guy. He's that, that guy. That guy. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. But anyway, that's fun. And yeah, it was it was one of their sort of like remainder things. And the same pack they had um, Lafferty books, the best of for fun. Yeah, the, I, a nice hardback copy. Yep. Of Lafferty, the best of Lafferty. Yeah. So I had to pick up to, or what? You had, you got other ones too, since you got this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I got uh, Damon Knight's uh, three novels. Uh, is it an anthology? If you have uh, just three books in one one uh, binding, I'd call it that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, because I can't, I can't turn down a a, a Tolkien book. I don't have or one. That I do have, but this is a better uh, edition. So um, I have the Unfinished Tales, and it was just the, the science fiction book club version. And so, but then I got a first edition from that for really cheap. And then the uh, Humphrey Carpenter biography, Tolkien, um, once again, in a, not in the old, not in the paperback that you can mostly find it in, but in the uh, first edition. So very, very good, affordable price. I still remember that. Biography because when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I forget. Um, but I was very very young, and I had we had to do a book report on a biography. I remember, and so I my dad had Tolkien's biography, and I I had probably read Hobbit by that time. I'm pretty sure I hadn't read Lord of the Rings, but Dad had definitely read it to me, and so I was like, no, I I want to do Tolkien's biography, and it was the 
first book that I can really remember sitting down and trying to read and being like, I am bored. Because, <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, I was a biography nine, of a writer, yeah. That I didn't know and didn't know anything about, like, you know, late 19th century or I had no care. I didn't care at all about World War One. <laughs> you know, I'll, I did anyway. But I still remember just, I finished it. And then I had to, I remember being sad because I didn't understand or just didn't have a context for a lot of the stuff that had been about. And so I remember feeling very bad that, that even though I could, I could write my little book report about who did what, I still remember feeling like, I don't really get it. <laughs> so I do remember, though, rereading it like not long after because I'd always see that. I kept it on my shelves, and I remember every time I'd see it, I'd feel a little bad. Like, I'd just be like, why did I not? I didn't understand that book. And so <laughs> after... Really, now I know why you became an academic. I you, think so. You really feel like, so much angst over not yeah. getting a book. <laughs> well, that's pretty true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then I finally reread it, and I was like, oh, that's not that hard. And then, because at that point, I could actually, like, read. Um, but, yeah, let's see. So that was... Uh, da, 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 da. Did Carpenter, I just thought, did he do a book of, like, criticism... Or Probably. essays on Tolkien. I can't remember. <laughs> oh no, no, I don't. Well, I don't. I would think. I think I would know if he had. So he may. I mean. Oh no, I think I'm thinking of Tom Shippey, who's okay. the guy who did like a lot of. He'd written a lot of things, but then like author of the century right. version. So yeah. Um, let's see. I got a little small press thing by Michael Swanwick from Tachyon Press that collects a lot of really, really, really short pieces. It's called Sibar. Cigar Box, Faust, and Other Miniatures. Yeah, we think we all agree that that is a great book to get, to keep someplace where you're going to be doing some sitting for a short period of time <laughs> and you need something to read. Yeah, and well, you told me that you have the entire bathroom American readers. bathroom book, which I, I love and has never been in the bathroom because I'm afraid that people would never want to read it if it, they knew it had been. <laughs> And I actually, I made little um, paperback uh, covers for them. So oh, they really? look little plain brown covers. Because <laughs> I just feel like they, people will, if they didn't have that, oh, hey, look I at didn't that. Even it's, it's signed. Kind of, it's signed it, by Swanwick. It wasn't even Mark Kemble. Hey, cool. How cool is that? Well done. But yeah, so. Um, yeah, yeah. So I just think it's a great, it's, it's, they're great little, there's three volumes. I have all three. And um, I recommend them. But I don't read them in the bathroom uh, so that I can loan them out with confidence. So, okay, now, this, this is not exactly too much information. But one thing that really bothered Amber when we first got married was that I would take a book with me into the bathroom. And she would always be like, ah, that's gross. <laughs> I never, gross? are if you, you going to? If you're the only one, because you can put it, she had to know whether you were putting it back on the shelves. That's the, she's like, now I just look at your books and I think that you've taken them all in the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, I promise I'll wash my hands. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, so, but yeah. So I, I apologize. Did you ever see the Seinfeld episode where uh, where George takes it at no, a bookstore uh -uh. and he takes the books into the bathroom <laughs> and someone catches him and he uh, and they say, "Excuse me, you got to pay for that book." Yeah. And uh, so he takes it. He says, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to another store and just return it." <laughs> And the, he takes it and it's been flagged. <laughs> so it's got... That's funny. That's funny. That's cool. I, I, I'm bad. I, I remember a few Seinfeld episodes, but I never... Well, like, anything that came out on TV in the 90s, I'm, I don't... Oh, I, that's so sad. That was when I did not... I, even, I, would, I did go without owning a TV for a short while. 
I don't get that. I, I pity you. I know. I, I am. <laughs> I'm, low, I'm, pretty, I'm so lowbrow. I pity you I'm for not having I'm pretty Seinfeld <laughs> illiterate. Like I know, I know soup Nazi, and I know the cutting the thing, the Snickers bars with a mm -hmm. knife and fork. Um, and I know I've seen a few things. Like of course I've had to have seen the Festivus stuff by now. And but um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of the stuff I don't know too. No, well. You'll so, appreciate that because oh. it, it touches. It, it connects with your life. <laughs> cool. Uh, I got one by um, C.S.E. Cooney, uh, Desdemona in the Deep. And the reason I want to do this is because I know that Wolf kind of mentored her. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think she's called him one of her mentors for a while. Um, and But I've never, I've read some like short stories and some of her poetry online, but never actually anything physical. So Yeah, we need to bone up on what she's been yeah, uh, up to because obviously eventually she will be a bonus episode yep I, I follow her on twitter and she definitely lives a very interesting kind of life like she would stay in various people's houses during the pandemic and stuff and like yeah just really kind of cool and was all over the place and talk about writing and trying to do all kinds of, of like cool like speculative poetry things along with her regular writing um, but this one looks really cool. It has uh, Kat Valente, Delia Sherman, Sharon Shin, say good things. They, they did the blurbs. Oh, Patricia McKillop. On, that's why there was one other one there. And I love Patricia McKillop. And oh. the fact that she said this is good stuff, I mean, I had to pick this one. So, because otherwise I admit I don't know anything about them. So looking forward to that. And then the other one I got, um, Theodora Goss is a writer I really, really like. Um, and this is one of hers I just don't have, but it's Snow White Learns Witchcraft, and it's a whole bunch of, I mean, it's basically like feminist versions of fairy tales and old children's stories, uh, but it's a lot of very short stories and poetry. But I think that Theodora Goss is just a beautiful, beautiful writer. Um, and her, I met her, I was telling you, I kind of go in and out of being interested in speculative poetry, mm -hmm. which... Uh, is yeah, if you if you're at all interested in sci-fi fantasy poetry, there is a whole little sort of underworld of speculative poetry stuff. And they had a couple things here, but they were all like on the virtual track. See, it's got a blurb on. in the back there by Janet Yolen. Yeah, it's got Yolen. Um, uh, Jane Yolen. I'm Jane Yolen. Yep. And uh, who's I I've I've read her um, uh, hyacinths. Yes. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, Theodore Goss, she's she does a lot on social media, but she's yeah, she just has a beautiful, beautiful prose style that I just think is really, really cool. So if you like stuff that gets a little bit more flowery, then she's definitely for you. Not I see. Okay, so now I'm all guilty because I'm like, she's a feminist writer and she's very beautiful. So of course her things are like flowers. <laughs> no. she, um, now she hates you. Yeah, no, no, really, really <laughs> smart. Um and but I yeah, she's a, a great sort of entry drug for like speculative poetry. Cool. So she's really cool. Um, was that it? That all, I think that's all we actually spent yeah, more money that. on. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's been kind of a, it's been very, like we said last night, it's been very low key here. It's very low key, but that wasn't why we came. Yeah. We came really just to see whether the, there would be an implosion. Right. When we interconnected. So, mm. and that's cool. I think we got over the awkwardness pretty well. Yeah, I think. sure. I mean, it, here's here's the other thing too. Like, I assume you you are by nature more of an introvert than an extrovert, right? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. I'm an extreme introvert, so <laughs> having to expend you know, like you know, extended period of time is even all my friends from high school will tell you. Like, in fact, if if you guys are ever listening to this, they'll 
I don't think I've ever told, have I ever told you the story about how I used to have my mom tell people I wasn't home so that I could keep reading? No. And didn't have to go out. <laughs> you may yeah. have. So, um, yeah, so they found out one time that I would do that, uh, and they got very, they, I, <laughs> I still still can't live that down. So now anytime, like if we're if we're going to try and play some game or, or like we're trying to do D&D just a little bit right now, if I can't make it one night, it's like. <laughs> I catch hell forever. Don't, so, don't, um, yeah, don't, don't send your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but no, we've. I, it's, but it is weird after having like corresponded for more than a decade, possibly two. Like I said, you know, point, if, I mean, when, I, when I think back worthless. on our episodes, when we, yeah. like, I, I actually imagine you there. So, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I always like. I don't know that I really do. Like, it's always, like, I feel like one reason why I feel like it's easy to do this is because it's it's kind of, like, talking in a way that you're not necessarily, like, right immediately with someone. So if you have that introvert urge to, like, hide for a second, you can't. <laughs> and it's like, um, but but no, but it's it's been good. Like, we, like, I don't think, who is it? Nudist kept joking about who smells. Yeah, right? well, I... Nudist, I can tell you, neither one of us actually do smell. Or perhaps we both do, and we don't really notice. Right, right. Yeah, we, that's the other possibility. We could have the canceling out old people smell. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> well, I'm sure I have an old person. Smell. <laughs> so, but but no, it's been fun. It's been good to actually actually like see you in person. Yeah, and, uh, like it. And uh, I I found out we each uh, we have a same the same pair of shoes. Yeah, I'm not wearing them. I have, we are shoe brothers. I have cool little pink Converse that that. But I we love. But we are we both recommend. A particular pair of shoes. Yes, that are quite comfy. Yeah. So especially when you're when you're when you're a gentleman of a certain age, <laughs> you're, you start thinking about <laughs> comfortable footwear. They're much more comfortable. <laughs> That's when you've crossed yeah. the line. But no, otherwise it's good. So and we've we've tried to plan out some stuff for. Um, yeah. For the con, but also for the for con stuff, but also for moving forward with the podcast. So. So, and thanks for letting listening to this as we finally, I don't think we've ever done one of these totally um, self-indulgent podcast things no, where we just no. sit around and talk about ourselves. This is probably what the podcast is going to be like from now on. We can't <laughs> yes. go back. Um, but no, it's been good. Yeah, I it's like it. It's been good. So. Well done. I recommend it. Come to the, the Chicago area and hang out with Craig. Absolutely. And but don't or, take any calls from his mom. Yeah. <laughs> or Austin. Because like I said, we got to try and figure out we got to locate a con, so if this this is where you can help us. Do you know about a con that's coming up in the relative, like say the next year ish or so, that we could try to set something up? Like if you know one that's pretty good about letting a lot of different things come on, because we would love to be able to have like a panel on. If we could get some of the other Wolf Podcast people to do something, that would be fun. Would be but- cool. Do a, we could do one on. Doing a podcast, yeah. I mean, that's, well, that's obviously the other weird. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that we could go sort of branch out to just podcast stuff instead of just Wolf. That would be. But really, what we'd like is an excuse to be able to do something, and then have an excuse for more people to come and do some kind of little mini WolfCon. And mm-hmm. if we could do that, we might even be able to set up our own thing and see if like we could in, do a chapter. And then just put a like a microphone Actually, out there, and people can can interject that would be as cool. we go along. Yeah, that would be really cool. And then just tell, just let everybody know what chapter we're doing, and then we could do that. Um, but it'd also be fun to like, you know, if we get a room in the place, you know, we're gonna, we won't need an entire like ballroom. But like, if 
if, if like we could get Mark to come too, then yeah, we could have sure. Mark give something or do a little couple little wolf discussions or something yeah. too, and turn turn a bigger con that's already got lots of other fun stuff going on into a little mini wolf con. Too. Yeah, yeah. Just totally be parasitic. I mean, I think that <laughs> I think that's a good idea because I know they do have that Lafferty Con thing that that day of LaughCon, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, I just don't know that we'd be able to get that many people to come just for a wolf thing. I don't know. I mean, you never know. One but never knows. You got to. You have to have a wolf con in order to find out how many people are going to attend the wolf. That's con. true. But I think a, a cool thing first would be to yeah to piggyback on another big con where there's loads more going on and you yeah. know dealer tables and other stuff and you can if you want to go join the filk circles that are going on you can go join the filk circle even though I tried to find them last night and never could. I think I heard them. I think I did hear them. Um, I have to confess, I'm not as big a fan of Filk. I, I appreciate what they do. It's absolutely like the Filk. Like, cause I, when I was younger, I'd go to lots of Filk circles, and I even tried to write some songs sometimes. And the the problem is, like, you love the intention of it, and you love the idea of being able to sit there and write songs about you know your favorite stuff that you can totally geek out on problem though is that you have to listen to other people's songs yeah, yeah it's not just your songs uh, and, and none of you are professionals or even necessarily good and yeah. uh, and you're you love your own children but yeah I mean, exactly they're, they're they are not any of them einsteins yeah and and, and even einstein was annoying and so i still have to say even even the biggest geeks in the world have to recognize that there does come a point where it's difficult to sort of endure someone else's geekiness for too long right (laughs) i mean there there does come that point and filk is yeah filk is extreme there there are a few i know there were a few people i remember i'm sure many listeners of this podcast can appreciate (laughs) having to endure someone (laughs) else's geekiness for too long but um but i do remember a few good a few good filk people that i like even i did buy somebody's little self-made cd one time back in the 90s i remember but that was all about different fantasy stuff like they had a song about Shinara and a song about I don't even remember what else but anyway yeah but so the the idea maybe if we could figure out a good con to um, piggyback on and sort of make a little sort of mini wolf con along with it that would be really fun so if there's one if you're listening and there's one that you know of that you like that is pretty big let us know we're, we're kind of open to ideas but we would really like to try to get something together yeah yeah so that's what I guess we can leave you with, is the hope <laughs> for a wolf con. And we have been inspired by the smallness of Capricorn. That, that could <laughs> that it be can be done. It doesn't have to be. You can actually have a con. It doesn't have to be one that people attend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and we'd have to make it real, too. We would have to not offer a virtual option. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Because no. yeah, otherwise... Forget it, people. Otherwise, you're, I know... Because I would wimp out. <laughs> you it's, would also I, say, I could, I could, I could actually buy the ticket and yeah. then never log in. And my mom would say I couldn't come. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. Anything else we need to no, say about this? No. Well, I nothing I can think of, but it will probably come up later. Yeah. If, if we anything we forgot. So if you have comments, questions, or concerns about how awful it is not having us say anything about Wolf, let us know. <laughs> yes, that's right. I guess you don't have and to, you don't have you to can, read the ending. We don't have thing. to list all of the places where you can. You know where to find us. And <laughs> yeah. If you uh, listen do, to this, you know. Already. Yeah, but do tell, you know, do tell your Wolf reading friends uh, about what we have just done. And until we hear from you next, may the Moira favor you. Bye. Slaving at work, now I'm gonna dress up like a Captain Kirk. Uh-uh. 
A couple people actually look at our stickers. I don't know if they like. I know that one dude. Yeah, but he wrote if they it had down. recognized it, oh, he, oh yeah. But yeah, it is very tiny little. Mystery. Yeah, I don't even Do have, have that one? in mind. No, you I don't, don't have a coffee maker. No. Why did they not give you a coffee? Maker? They're cruel. <laughs>